Triple M footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water. Welcome to Triple M's Saturday Scrum. And what a great grand final it promises to be. Hello and welcome to the Saturday Scrum. My name is Tony Squires. I'm alongside Ryan Girdler, Ben Teo and Brent Reed. Welcome to the show. How excited are you on a scale of 1 to 10 grand final eve, Ryan Girdler? Oh, it's, yeah, it's probably the... Um, most excited I've been about a grand final for a while, Tony. Okay. Yeah, coming into this one because there's just so many uncertainties. There's two totally different sides here uh, that have just been sort of separated from the pack, probably from about the midway part of the of the competition. And I kind of feel like that, you know, the whole the whole year has been about these two sides building to this moment. Yep. Um, and, yeah, just, yeah, really excited to go into a grand final where I, I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. I love it. Two best teams, Reedy, there yeah. are there. And big moment for us long-suffering Broncos fans, Tone. It's been a long time between drinks, so to see them back in the big one, the big dance, it's... Uh, what is it, 17 yeah, years? 17 years since they won a comp. So, um, what is it, eight years since they played in the grand final. So, um, pretty exciting stuff. And mm. obviously some real superstars up there now. And some superstars in this game. Reese Rolls has had a really interesting week on... Pumped to see how he handles the big stage. Yeah, absolutely. We'll get to some of that detail very shortly. Ben Teo, what are you looking forward to? Oh, I'm looking forward to the superstars. You know, I'm looking forward to Reese Walsh. But I think one of the great storylines is, uh, you know, it's Ivan and his son versus Kevin and his son. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's just a, a great spectacle, you know, to have uh, these two players with their fathers coaching them in this massive grand final. And as Gerd said, they separated themselves very early in the season as the two dominant sides. You got one big pack with Brisbane, and then you've got those uh, the assassins that do everything perfect, the Penrith Panthers. So I'm interested to see what happens. Are you uh, do you wear your premiership ring on Grand Final day, Benny, or are the other times of the year when you you get it out and pop it on the finger? No, no, never. No, I don't even know where mine is. To be honest, I think it's. I think it's in. It's on the fishing uh, trawler. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> 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 I, I threw it in the water once. The fishing trawler rocked up at Mad Monday. I said, "Take that, Russell." Uh, I'm not wearing this. So, no, it's it's somewhere tucked away. I think my dad's got it. Um, to be honest, but it'll be one of those things a bit later. I'll start wearing it and carrying on at the pubs when I'm about forty-five, fifty. What, what, 15 mm. years younger than me? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you you do wear yours, don't you, on on the grand final day? Yeah, I usually get it out of the garage and take it for a spin once a year, Tony, mm-hmm. and that's grand final day. Yep. But um, I, and I, I was talking to my parents later on in the week and they said, make sure, because they just they, they think I should wear it every day. Of course. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I bring it out once a year and I forgot it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I woke up this morning and, yeah, didn't put it in my bag and I've come down without it. So we'll see what that means. Wow. That's no disaster. Good. That is a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, Maybe you can borrow one off someone, Gertz. You got one? No, I haven't got one. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Yeah, go and see Cooper Croc. He's got plenty. <laughs> They're not that <laughs> common. Yeah, yeah, Cooper's got a few. Yeah, yeah, Wendell might Coops. lend me one of his. Yeah, Wendell. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. There yeah. are people with too many rings for fingers, okay? I mean, <laughs> yeah. That sort of guys. Yeah. Was, was yours a, a gaudy no. kind of one? You remember the design on yours, Benny? Sorry? Was, were there diamonds in yours? Yeah, there, there's always diamonds on them. Um bit of gold, bit of diamonds. To be honest, I can't really remember the design too much. Obviously... Um, you can paint a picture of how, how I was after the game with a few drinks in me. Can't remember too much. But um, I think, as you said, with Gertz, to bring it out on a day like this is probably good to reflect. Yeah. I think yep. all your loved ones remember that day because it is a big day for mm. your extended family as well. It was a huge day. So yep. what about how blasé these blokes are about winning yeah, premiership rings? You and I give our eye teeth to have a premiership ring. Absolutely. If I yeah. had eye teeth, I would. I've got to live through my 15-year-old son. <laughs> winning minor premierships. Yeah. <laughs> winning minor premierships. Brent Reid, just talk me through as we focus firstly on the Broncos and their tilt at the, the big one tomorrow night. What's the latest with Reese Walsh mm. and the little altercation on the streets of Sydney? Uh, there's no real update tone um, at this point. Obviously, the NL is aware of it. Um, but obviously, obviously Reese Walsh got a grand final to prepare for and the NRL's got a grand final to focus on. So I wouldn't, wouldn't imagine we'll have anything on this until next week. Peter Volandi spoke about it last night. I think he said what we all think, that, you know, it wasn't the worst incident in the world, but Reese just needs to be a bit more careful and a bit more, a bit smarter with how he deals, deals with that sort of stuff because he's going to cop it for a long time. He's going to be sledged by a lot of people. So, um, you know, the NRL, as I said, no real update. The NRL's looking at it and I, I would imagine we'll have some formal resolution to it next week. Because when you say they're looking at it, uh, from my point of view, watching what it was, you only see a couple of seconds. Yeah, well, they're trying to get more video. They're trying to get more footage so they get a better grasp of what actually happened and more detail around it. But 
Um, you know, I don't think they're overly concerned about it at the moment. And you know, I, I yeah. don't know. We move on. Yeah, I think everyone yeah. moves on. It's like you know, he needs to be better. You're right, Reed. Yeah. You need to leave family and race out of those sort of situations. But sometimes there's you know there's a comeback that you can throw back. Sometimes you just need to you know ignore it and walk by. And I think well, as that's he what he develops and gets more experience, he'll understand that. But that's just the personality that he is at the moment. And yeah. surely he's the NRL aren't going to make he's too much of an issue out of that. No, I, yeah. I wouldn't have thought. And the Broncos, they momentarily they were concerned about. Security uh, for yeah. the team, weren't they? But I've got to say, you know, fan uh, days. it sort of overshadowed some other. I mean, Adam Reynolds stayed behind, I, I think, for 20 minutes yesterday, signing autographs with fans. And yeah. so that moment took away from a bit of the success of that fan fest where the players got to interact with uh, um, some of the fans and some of the supporters. And um, I wouldn't say so. Oh, I think there'd be some people leaving that event the other day, uh, really chuffed with the way that the players behaved. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's just one incident that's come out of it that's probably newsworthy, but I'd say a, a lot of good came out of that day with things like yeah. what Adam Reynolds I think did. The, so. I'm saying the attention rather than, um, you know, what Reese did. I think the yeah. attention that got well, took away from No one writes stuff. about generally that sort of stuff anyway, really, because no, people like aren't good interested. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. To, to be honest, it's been a bit of entertainment, though. I'll be honest. Like, it's been a pretty quiet and... Um, Calm build up, hasn't it? Everyone's yeah. sort of trading um, nice quotes with each other. Yeah. You know, Reese Walsh saying, Jerome Luai, he's a great guy, or blah, blah. It's just it's nice to see a little bit of that. It's nice to see a little bit of a reaction, a little bit of heat. You know, the Broncos have been down there in Sydney for a few days now. Definitely would have been in a hostile environment. I love it. Give it, give it to that little fan. <laughs> 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 well, no, I, I like the way they said the, the the bloke who complained about it apparently said, said the fan was rattled by it. You see the video? The <laughs> kid, <laughs> he didn't care. Yeah, he's, he's rattled right until they say something back to him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Poor kid. Honestly. Get on the train, mate. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He got exactly the reaction he was looking for. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. The camera was set up. Yeah. Oh, was, he fell. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Reese fell right into his <laughs> trap. Yeah. And muck around with Narang, mate. Not, <laughs> not the Narang roosters. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> anything else in terms of to report? There was, you know, talk of minor injuries earlier in the week, but nothing really. No, I think they're all right. There's Herbie. I think Herbie and I can't remember the other one. but uh, Renault. Renault, Renault yeah, yeah. But yeah. they're fine. They'll play and... Um, that's good news for the Broncos because Herbie has been unbelievable this year yeah, for the Broncos. Yeah. And obviously Renault goes without, you know, what Adam does for them. We don't we don't need to detail that because we all know. Yeah, we do. Ben Teo, what do the Broncos need to do to get this job done tomorrow night? Well, they need to look after the footy. They they need to hold on to it and complete because, you know, they're a big pack with, with big pain and, and Flegler, um, Carrigan, just these athletes. If they can just hold the footy and get... Uh, Reese Walsh into some field position, he can pull the trigger and do some magic. Um, but if they were to get a little bit rattled and come up with some errors, I think that's something that would start to unravel on their confidence. So I think that's a r- real important part. And um, look, they- they're going to have to try and match Penrith with this grind game because we know what finals games are like. They're just tight and it's, uh, it's end-to-end stuff. At some stage, they're going to have to get in the grind with Penrith and beat them at that. And I think Penrith do all the little things right, and that's, I think, Brisbane's going to have to focus on that as well. Ryan, you've seen the Broncos live more than probably the rest of us have yep. over this season. They're, they're an impressive unit. Yeah, really impressive. And and some they have the luxury of talent, you know, and, and sometimes um, they, can, they can start slowly on the back of knowing that eventually they're just going to overcome sides, as Benny spoke about. For me, it's about their start. Like last week, they were a little bit sloppy with their start against the Warriors. The Warriors scored a couple of tries. But, you know, it didn't bother them too much because every time they got the football, the way that they were just sort of making yards through the middle, they knew that points were going to come at some point and they were going to sort of run over the top of the Warriors. It was evident from being up there and watching that game live. Um, they kind of did the same thing the week before uh, against Melbourne. Everyone's talking about that win, 26-0, I think it was. But they were a bit scrappy early with the football. They were a little bit nervous. It was a big moment for them, big crowd up there. There was the hoodoo, a lot of different things spoken about. And Melbourne nor the Warriors made them pay for it. And Benny's 100% right. You know, if they go out and they're scrappy early in this one, um, Penrith will just keep applying the pressure, keep applying the pressure. So they need to be really clean. And it probably hasn't been a part of their game that, you know, most people consider when you think about the Broncos is just having those really positive, great starts and really dominating early, jumping to a lead and then holding on. They're generally a side that are pretty casual with the way that they play early and then they just have the confidence to know that they're going to come over the top. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they take that attitude out there tomorrow because Penrith just won't let you do that. 
I believe, you know, if the Broncos can go out there and start well um, and put a little bit of scoreboard pressure on Penrith, Penrith are a side that don't necessarily chase points that well. You think about, you know, Isaiah Yo or Nathan and that during Origins that when they get behind sometimes and they're not used to playing from behind, so they well, just they need to give up thirteen a game, don't they? Mm-hmm. So they, yeah. They, so if the Broncos can put Penrith in a situation that they're not used to and make them try and chase points, that might unsettle their rhythm as well. Because everyone's talking about if Penrith find their rhythm, they're going to be too good. Well, it's the Broncos' job to take them out of their rhythm, they make would, them a little bit uncomfortable. They would seem to have the personnel in the game to to worry Penrith, I and mean, they've beaten them once already this season. I think round one, they beat them from memory. Um, and you know they got big, a big, and we talk about they haven't played in a lot of grand finals. But you look at that those the players in that team they played a lot of big games. Play, yeah, absolutely. Know, there's guys who haven't played grand finals. They played Origin. They played Test matches. Yep. So I don't think that'll worry them. No. But I mean, we saw last week with the amount of offloads they got, and then you got Reese Walsh at the back with that explosive speed. When teams are troubled or seem to have troubled Penrith this year, the Manly games and obviously yep. won the first half. They took chances. They they um. They were expansive with the ball. And Brisbane could play that style of game when it comes off. And when it comes off, it's almost indefensible. It doesn't matter if you're Penrith or anyone else. That's right. Is, Benny, the secret in terms of Reese Walsh and across the season when he was on Origin, there was thoughts, you know, at this point somebody will be able to stifle what he does. But that just hasn't happened. Is it about shutting down the options inside him? How, or how do you go about not letting him have that kind of impact on a game? Well, I'm sure Penrith have been looking at this over the last few weeks and looking at countless videos to figure out what is the best way to isolate him and just take away um, from what he can do. Yeah, I'd be looking at things like I'd give him something, I'd give him an option um, where it's obvious for him to take um, so it's the lesser evil because at the moment everyone's tried different ways to stop him but they can't seem to do it because he's got every trick in the book. He is so fast. He can pass short. He can pass long. I mean, he can kick. He's got it all. So I think Penrith would be coming up with a plan of, all right, let's let's give him, let's give him the long ball. Then let's let's give him that, and we'll get our fullback Dylan Edwards working hard to get to make sure he can get to that winger. I'd say that would be a great plan. Then then some of the other ways that everyone else has tried to come up up and in and jam him, he's just too good. Um, so look, if you can stop him, that that goes a long way towards winning the grand final. I believe. Is there anything in when this week, as soon as Adam G got the grand final, there's oh, his record, the Broncos' record uh, with him as referee is appalling. Is there really anything in that? Well, no, because Brisbane haven't had a great record up until this year in recent years. They haven't, haven't won as many games they have this year. And Penrith have won, won a lot of football games. doesn't matter who the ref is. They've got a great record because they've just won a lot of footy games. So I don't think there's anything, Tone. Mm. I think, you know, it's logical to think Penrith are going to have a, rec- a better record under every referee because they just win more footy games. That's the way I look at it. I wasn't surprised they had a great record under Adam G. They've got a great record under every yeah, referee. Yeah, no. And I wasn't surprised mm. that Brisbane had a poor record because before before this year, Brisbane struggled for, for a few years. Mm. Payne Haas, Pat Carrigan yeah. uh, have had absolutely great seasons. You see that you know, working again tomorrow night? Well, I think they're going to be met with a fair bit of resistance tomorrow night. Yeah, consistent resistance. That's what Penrith, and that's what these two sides, I think, have done better than any other team in the competition this year. They've worked harder. They've got a better work ethic. So, you know, their attention to detail defensively, how quickly they get back in the line and how far, how quickly they move off it is different than every, every other team in the competition. So they're both going to sort of cancel out each other, aren't they, to a degree? And um, and it's going to come down to um, those little those little thi- those little moments in games um, like errors, you know, like a, a poor kick at the end of a set, like a seven-tackle set. I reckon it's going to come down to those minute details in games um, that are really going to make a difference in the end. But everyone talks about the offloads last week with the Warriors game. And it, look, I think there was 20, so I don't know how many there were. There was 20 something. But it all comes on the. These guys generally off, offload on the back um, of going through the line as opposed to they don't look to offload when they go into contact. They go over the top of people. And then it's like, you know, I'm big, I'm strong, um, I've got an arm free, I'm going to take advantage of it. And I think if they go in with that mentality again tomorrow as opposed to everyone talking about they need to offload to give them time and space out the back, I think that's the wrong mentality. They've got to look to run over the top of people and the offloads will come. 
Um, and I, I don't think there'll be anywhere near as many offloads this week as there were last week, but that's they exactly what they do best. Well, they, not, they many were just, not many of them were risky. The risky. Warriors just couldn't handle them. Yeah. And then on the back of those offloads, any team will then contract and then Adam Reynolds, Ezra Mam, and Walsh will pull the trigger. Penrith just can't let that happen. How you stop it, I don't know. Line speed, contact, all of those things that Penrith do well, that's what just makes it such a good matchup, right? Because what Bron- the, how the Broncos just pull sides apart, Penrith are the best in the league at. But then Penrith do the same thing. They just wear teams down, do all the little things right. Um, and if the Broncos can handle that, well, then we've got a real contest. I love it. You've been in Brisbane, obviously, all week. Benny, you're still in Brisbane. Are there, what's going on? Any, you know, bread being baked in club colours? <laughs> Have you seen sausages? <laughs> you know? No, no, but everyone's buzzing. I've ne- obviously never seen so many jerseys around. And with the Lions as well, I think the city is just... Um, on a high of, of of sporting excellence at the moment, so great weather, good grand final today, and then and then hopefully a good one tomorrow. So the the city is definitely buzzing. Sporting capital, time. sporting capital of the world, yeah. 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 except for the Reds. Anything to do with Wallabies. <laughs> There's been other pieces of news in the rugby league world this week, uh, particularly around State of Origin with uh, Brad Fittler deciding that enough is enough. He will finish up, has finished up. Uh, This is what he had to say to Danny Weidler on Nine. Yeah, I had the opportunity to coach the team without a doubt. Uh, It ended up coming down just to the time of the contract, the length of the contract. You were virtually offered a part-time position. Well, I went to a five-month job, so I just didn't think coaching a team... Being told you had the job now and then being signed on a march, I just found that it didn't sit well. So, you know, that's the way they're going to go forward. Obviously, they have reason for that, and I respect that. Club coaches, could they possibly coach New South Wales? No, I think anyone could come in and coach a team for a week, but I think to do a due diligence and give it the respect it deserves at the moment, I'd say no. All right, there we have it. Reedy, uh, fill in the gaps in that. So what actually took place? I mean, obviously, Brad went to them with a proposal uh, that would involve Phil Gould and Laurie Daly as part of his coaching staff. My understanding is that they'd accepted his coaching staff. They were happy with that. But Brad wanted a two-year deal, and they didn't want to give him a two-year deal. They wanted to give him one year, which you can understand given he's lost two series in a row and three of his past four series. And also, um, the, as Brad pointed out then, they wanted to reduce it to a part-time position. Still be well paid. I mean, I think he was on, apparently he was on around 400 for the full year, so he would have been on five-month deal commensurate to that, which would have been, I don't know, 180, 200 grand. So it's still good money. But Brad thought it was a – he wanted a longer-term deal. He wanted a two-year deal, and they didn't want to give it to him. It, it does it seem odd, though, that this mm. is a, a, a team they've lost a couple of origins, mm. they're desperate to get back to that peak, that they would then decide that the coaching role should be you know, not part-time, basically. Yeah. Seems a weird decision. What's, why do you say that? I mean, it's, it, what, it's an origin job. It's a, it's... Is Billy full-time? I don't, I don't know what Billy's situation yep. is. Billy's just done a new deal with the Queensland Rugby League. Well, I don't you know a journalist? the terms of that. Well, we've got a Courier Mail guys that cover that. <laughs> well, I don't, mate, cover... don't, you, don't you talk to the... Aren't you one of the main I guys at News Limited? I haven't Peter Bedell about the details no. of that deal. Okay. I don't know. Can you get around to that? But I place? believe he was on... My understanding is he was on less than what Brad was on. Okay. Um, and look, I mean, it's not... You know, there's other issues as well, right? The, the New South Wales Rugby League isn't... They rely on funding from the the ARL Commission. That still hasn't been determined what the amount of funding they'll get Mm. um, next year. I think they've got a meeting next week with the the ARL Commission. So that's obviously an issue as well. The finances involved. Um, And I think their view was, look... It's not a full-time job. It's not. It's. I mean, Origin next year could be over as little as six weeks, the period. Right. And I know Brad did a lot of other stuff around Origin, but it's not a full-time job. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like me that they're veering away from that that thought process of um, maybe club coaches not being able to do it. Uh, I think by giving these shorter contracts, um, there's probably someone that they're eyeing up in the in the clubland uh, space. And you know, Gerd, you always spoke about when Freddie first came in and he spent the off season going around the communities and and building up. Um, all the support, but yep. now they're probably thinking, hey, look, we're not getting bang for buck out of this. Um, let's get a more experienced coach involved and someone that can just come on and, and run the camps. Pretty much when you get into camp, what is it, 10 days at a time, mm. three 10-day camps. I know there's a little bit of chat around it, but even in terms of selection, you can't really do too much planning because sometimes you're waiting for that last game to be played on the weekend to know Who's who's available? So I think it's just who can do the job on the day. I think 
is going to be important for New South Wales. Can I just clarify, Dave Riccio, who mm-hmm. was desperate to get on the uh, grand final but show, just yeah, texted yeah, me of course. and said that uh, Billy Slade is a part-time role. Part, it's a part-time position. role as well, yes. is it? Yeah. Mm. yeah I would one, also Dave. say that the conditional nature of um, the, the, the proposal um, might have had something to do with it as well because, and I'm not sure, if you go into a role like that, you'd sort of want to take in you know, your own people. And we know that over the last couple of years, Freddie's been able to do that. And then apparently that the conditions were this year you needed to change your Yeah, but I think they'd accepted his support staff goods. Yeah. I don't think that was an issue. Yeah, I mean, okay. there were some hesitations around Gus yeah. because there were some people within the New South Wales Rugby League who had a view, view that maybe Gus, if things didn't go well, yeah. he'd suddenly throw everything back on the New South Wales Rugby League. Yeah. But they had accepted, as I understand it, they had accepted his proposal for his coaching staff. So the proposal that New South Wales Rugby League are now going to send out to any um, potential suitors is going to be the same. It's going to be a part-time role. That is the salary and and these are some of the conditions. Um, Or is it going to be that that was the proposal for Brad Fittler to take the job? Well, that uh, that was a proposal for Brad. It'll still be a part-time role, but Mm. they might be willing to give someone else more than one year. I mean, Brad only got one year because he'd lost two series in a row and they didn't want to give him more than that. And even Gus um, this week said Brad only deserved one year because he'd lost two series in a row. So um, I think if they go, well, they have they are going to market. They've got a, they, um, Paul Conlon, the chairman, has someone in mind. I don't know who that person is. Person is. I think it's Ricky. Yeah. Um, I think if they go to Ricky, they would offer him more than one year. Mm. So in terms of the club, and if, and if it's Ricky... Uh, you know, I wonder what sort of compensation they'd have to pay Tony, the, the Raiders. The Raiders, yeah. because have to some sort of compensation, right? Because you do the numbers there. It's a part-time job, at, yeah. oh, absolutely, but that's it's a third of the season. But the beauty, the of, yeah. but the beauty of that is uh, Canberra got Michael Maguire on staff, who also is interested in the job, actually. So that's quite interesting, interesting mm-hmm. dynamic as well. Yep. But they got Michael on staff, so... Um, you know, Ricky Senior could, system. Rick, yeah, yeah, Ricky could go and do Origin and Madge could look after yeah. Canberra. Well, you've also got a guy that's, you know, 300 kilometres away living in, mm. in Canberra as opposed to a guy that's got a Sydney job that could, because they've got this, this shiny new toy out there at Homebush, yeah. don't they, for the New South Wales Rugby well, League? He, he would have to have the right people around on. him as well, I imagine, Goods. But there's guys out there. Mick Ennis has been mentioned, obviously. I think Mick's keen to be involved potentially. Jason Rolls, the guy who um, is at Melbourne next year and could potentially get involved. Um, he's, having a, he's having a great time sitting next to Eddie Jones at the moment. There's talk, <laughs> that, maybe, there's the talk that maybe Ricky and Craig might form a dream team and Craig would be the advisor and Ricky would be the coach. And then obviously down in Melbourne, if Craig did that, you've got Jason Rolls and Mark Brentnell down there who can take charge of Melbourne. So well, there they, are ways around I, I can just see Ricky and Craig yeah. splitting the 180. That'd be, that'd be epic. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Craig's, Craig's an interesting one. I texted him yesterday. He texted me back. He's on the Gold Coast on holidays at the moment, Craig. He said, I don't know anything about it. Um, but he does have un- unfinished business and origin, Craig. Mm. He had three years there and didn't have much, much success. going to be very interesting. Um, so, yeah, yeah, ben, so Benny Tia, you obviously, yeah. from a, a viewpoint coaching, can a, a club coach do that gig? Oh. Is it you know, too much time away oh, from the club itself? Over the last few years, the, the monster that is Origin, I would usually say no. I don't think anyone can sort of split their time between Origin and NRL level, but there is one guy, and that, that's Ricky Stewart. I just feel like he ticks all the boxes in terms of passion, and Gerz always talks about it, is that who, who can sell the story? Yeah, who can sell the story at the start of the 10-day camp? Who, who can give the speech pre-game at halftime about passion and working hard and being tough and that's Ricky Stewart right every time the Raiders are backs against the wall he he gets them going again and I just feel like he's someone who's experienced enough in his club situation too with Michael Maguire being able to take the reins while he goes away Um, I think he's probably the only NRL coach that can step into that role and do it do a good job and you know Ricky hasn't publicly spoken about it yet but I get the impression Ricky do it Mm. There's an interest there. There's no doubt. I, I'd love to see Ivan Cleary give it a shot. Yeah. Like at some point. I know that it's probably, it mightn't be in his wheelhouse. It might be something he would consider, but um, he's only down the road. Yeah. And, great um, because then the rest he's, of he's the... He's got to be sick of winning footy games at club level. The rest of the competition we might have a chance against. <laughs> as well. Works on so many... Look, I'll tell you so what, they, I don't think they'll be short, short of interested parties because it's a, you know, there's a lot of peop, people who want to help the state and... I help New South Wales get back on track, I guess. Yeah. And well done to Brad Fittler because he had yeah, some sublime moments during his tenure there. It all got a bit pear-shaped at the end. It did, it did but, the end, but it shouldn't have just shut the fact that totally. he did an amazing job in the first few years to rebuild the Blues. He won three games in Queensland. Yeah. yeah. Three games in Queensland. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible.
Tony Squires, Ryan Girdler, Ben Teo, and this man. More and more difficult to get mail, really, as in there's fewer and fewer clubs. Everybody's gone away on their holidays. All you got is a grand final tomorrow night. Can be time. Yeah. Can be. But at least we've got, an Austro- we got a test series coming up. That's giving us a bit of mail. Ah, oh, we do. Okay. Any, yeah. any surprises? What's going on? Well, it could be. It's a bit going to be a big big grand final for a lot of blokes for obvious reasons. But there's a couple of blokes who are on the fringes of the Kangaroos squad. Mel Winninger's Kangaroos squad. Tommy Flegler and Selwyn Cobbo. Um, bit of mail around that they may force their way into the Australian team if yeah, they can't get in there. You think? Oh, Cobo's going to be the pretty, first. Well, the, the issue there is, Gertz, Mel's very loyal. He won a World Cup last year with uh, Josh Hadokar and Murray Tuolungi in the squad. Yep. And Mel, I, I, my, I spoke to Mel this week, mm. and he feels a real sense of loyalty to those guys, guys who've done, done it for him in the past. So yep. I'd imagine those ago. guys will be in there. But uh, Cobo's certainly pushing for a spot in that Australian squad. And it's, it's only a small squad. It's only 20 players, yeah. only a 20-man squad. So, yeah. But you've got to take into consideration, you know, the guys that have been playing at the back mm. end of the season as well. Mm. Because exactly. they're, they're going to go in match fit, they're in form. Yeah. You know, the other guys that have obviously missed the finals of, you know, I'm sure they've been doing um, a, a kangaroo train on program, which we've all been through, and you can sort of take or leave that at times. <laughs> Um, and I, what I think, were you do on your train on program? Uh, were you not training? Bit, bits and pieces, bits and pieces. <laughs> He's putting the GPS on his dog. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but I think you know incumbencies on the back of um, success is always one thing that needs to be considered, and and those relationships that Mal has. But so does rewarding guys mm. that are in great touch at the moment in a, in a side that's just made a grand final. So, so you're so, saying, yeah. Gertz, that at the end, when a, an international side is picked, when the Australian team is picked. It's you are basically just going and looking at the best players in every those, those positions rather than what's the best team, but you, you reward for what they've achieved. Oh, it's, I think it's a combination of all of that, yeah. Tony. But I think Selwyn Cobo is just a guy that's going to you know wear the green and gold for a long period. I believe yep. he's one of the best wingers yeah. in the game, yep. regardless of who's playing for Australia. So it's not like, oh, this guy, we've seen what he's done at Origin. We've now seen how he performs on a weekly basis at what level he plays for the Broncos. You take all those things into consideration. And at the moment, if you're asking me, you know, just if you're putting the names down, do I pick him over a couple of guys that haven't played any finals and have had okay seasons at club level, I'm saying I'm picking Selwyn Cobbo first. Mm. The other guy who's interesting is um, Tony Staggs because he's played for Tonga previously. Um, but Australia does does have an issue in the centres. No Luttrell, uh, no Campbell Graham, no Tommy um, oh, has he not committed? Bradman. Has he committed to Tonga? Well, I don't know, um, Benny. There was a bit of mail going yeah. around. He may play for Australia for, if if an opportunity came up. So, um, you know, perhaps we'll see after the grand final, grand final, what he decides. But you know, yeah. he's under consideration for the Australian team as well. All right. Well, uh, after the grand final, when Jerome Luai has got yeah. a job to do tomorrow night, but uh, then at the contract talk, where is that at? I reckon this is going to be the big story of the next few weeks. Time. Okay. What, what happens with Jerome Luai? Now, the NRL brought in these new guidelines around November 1. It used to be that you could talk to a player if you're a rival club. You just couldn't um, sign a deal or, or um, formally make an offer. Now you can't even talk to blokes. You can express an interest, but you can't talk to blokes. You cannot. So rival clubs cannot talk to Jerome Luai until, until November 1. Um, so it means basically Penrith have got clear air for the next three, four weeks after the grand final, get a deal done with him. And, you know, I think that's going to be the big issue for the next three or four weeks after we get through Sunday night because obviously they want to keep him. They've got some other guys who are waiting in the wings, guys like Taruva, uh, Taylor May. They want to get deals done there, but they can't really move until they know what Jerome's going to do. Um, and, you know, I spoke to James Fisher-Harris about this during the week and said, because hey, James, the guy, signed a big deal, took himself off the market a year or two ago, said, you're going to sit down with Jerome and talk to him about it. He said, no, we don't, I don't need to talk to him. He knows how much we love him. He, he's family. Um you know, he'll make the right decision. So I just think the next few weeks, this Jerome Lewis future is going to be the, he's the guy we're going to focus on for the next couple of weeks and what he does. And I don't I don't have any feeling on what he might do. I did ask him this week, how would you feel about, when I say to you, um, you won't be wearing a Panther jersey in 2025, he said, it makes me feel sick. So if that's any indication, he desperately wants to stay. I'm not a man who likes to dish out compliments to you, Reedy, as you mm. know. Uh, but that story is really good on uh, Jerome that you wrote. And oh, yeah. the, the couple of questions, that question, also the question about when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Yeah. Uh, because he is as one of those guys who was a polarizer. Yes. Uh, absolutely. But he was, it came across, it was terrific. How did you yeah. find him during that? 
Um, like I always find Jerome really open, honest, um, and a good fellow. I actually really like Jerome Luai. I know he occasionally um, upsets people with some of the things he does, but, you know, that's that's not Jerome Luai. He's a different – the guy you see on the football field and on social media, that's not the real – I get the feeling that's not the real Jerome Luai. The real Jerome Luai is the guy I spoke to, you know, a family guy who has a young family, loves his family and loves his community and wants to make a real difference. And, you know, I find him – I think he's a really intriguing guy, actually. I'd love to sit down with him for an hour and just talk to him and do it do a really in-depth mm. yarn in because I think he's got a great story and I think he's got a lot to give and he can make a real difference. I'm sure the feeling's mutual. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> He'd like more than an hour. Yeah, yeah. More than an hour. Yeah. Yeah. An hour's not yeah. enough. Yeah. 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 Like well, there's not a lot of blokes in this guy. Well, there are. There's a lot of guys mm. you'd love to do that with, but he's a guy, he's a really intriguing guy, I yep. reckon. You're on fire today, really. <laughs> uh, what about what about Connor Tracy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he's a guy we've been following for a while. I've mentioned him on the mail a few times. There's, there's some clubs circling him. St. George Illawarra, the big one, was Shane Flanagan. Yeah. Um, and he's now got permission to go and talk to, to rival clubs about 2025. He's got a year to go on his deal. Um, at the moment, Cronulla, are, I believe he's asked for release a few times. Mm. Cronulla is digging in the heels saying, no, you're not going to go. We want to keep you for next year. But he's now got permission to go and speak to rival clubs about 2025, and I'd be stunned if he's not St. George Illawarra. Benny, on, on the back of some of the performances we saw him put in fullback at the back end of the season, mm. is he a player you'd go after for your regular one position, or do you think he's more of a utility? Oh, I, I'd probably still say he's a, he's a utility. Um, but, I mean, what a class player to have in your squad. And I can understand why the Dragons and Shane Flanagan would want him. And it's it's one of those things too where, you know, Cronulla, they're digging their heels on in because they know how much of a quality player uh, they've got there. And when you have those players that can play lots of positions, it's just a, a safety blanket. Um, but I don't think, yeah, he really ever gets over Will Kennedy, which is why he's been asking for that release because he, he wants to be a starter like every player in this competition. Um, but, I, yeah, I'm not too sure he'd be an out-and-out starter in the NRL just yet. I think the other thing Cronulla were reluctant to let, the reason, reason Cronulla were reluctant to let him go is they've got him at the right price. Yeah. I mean, they're not paying yeah. him the earth, right? If he yeah. goes in the open market, he probably gets himself a pretty healthy pay rise. Yeah. That's the problem with clubs, isn't it? You get a good deal sometimes yes. and, and then all of a sudden you can't win. You they can't win, Danny. Yeah, yeah. got to pay people. It's awful, isn't it? Welcome to Tony's Spotting Quiz. Uh, pretty easy today. I thought I'd have to go with a grand final quiz. Just some questions. You've all answered these questions before, I'm sure. You'll have to use your names as your buzzers. If you could try those for me, please. Tio. Ready. Skipper. Hey, Skipper. Good to see you in the studio. <laughs> yes, yeah, nice to be here. Usually, Skipper is under my yeah. feet here at the yeah. desk, but he died. Yeah, tragically. <laughs> yeah. Tragically, he died. Thank yeah. you. And you keep reminding me most weeks. Yeah, but you got Frank now, don't you? I do. Oh, well, I have Frank. No, that's what I said. I, I basically, I lost Frank in the divorce. Ah, okay. So it's also. So maybe I'll be Frank today. You can. Would you? Well, that oh, seems that, like yeah. it hits a bit of a nerve. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This, see, this is why you've actually been answering questions quite well over the past few weeks, but you've won not one of our oh, quizzes. Oh, yeah, I thought that was a little bit not strange. one. It's anyway. It's the strangest. Kalen Ponga winning the Dahlia. No, that was absolutely terrific. Ready? Here we go. Name three players who won the Clive Churchill medal from the losing grand final team. From a losing grand final Frank? team? Yes, Frank. <laughs> Bradley Clyde? Correct. That was a good one, wasn't yeah. it? Go for another Started Brad. Strong. Go for another Brad. I'm going to go um, Brad um, played for the um, Dragons. Correct. What's his name, Brad? Brad Mackay. Mackay, yes, yeah. in 1993. Yes. Yep. Danny Cherry Evans and in I, 2013. Hold on, he did two. Did you say three? DCE. I did, but I don't think I didn't think he had the... Th yeah, no, I was coming. Okay. Just working my way through it. Through it. Anyway, get the point for that? Or do you get the point for that? I get the point for that. Jack White, of course, also in 2019. He had four options. How many, as I learnt this fact yesterday, how many beers, this is just the nearest the pin for each of you here. How many beers will be consumed at the grand final tomorrow evening, Ben Tia? Just say a number. 400,000. 400,000. 600,000. 600,000. Penrith, Brisbane, <laughs> eight hundred and fifty thousand. <laughs> it's actually that. Well, they tipping that only be a hundred thousand beers will oh, be poured. Hundred thousand people. What's wrong with you? I think so. Uh, okay, is this entertainment from the AFL or the NRL Grand Final? Frank. Trick question. Neither. 
No bound for glory, angry Anderson at the AFL. What about this one? Which grand final? Reedy. Yes, Reedy. That's from the rugby league one. Isn't that Billy Idol? It is Billy yeah. Idol. <laughs> he wears a power. <laughs> Love it. My favourite moment in rugby league. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, two players have played in ten grand finals. Three, uh, three have played what? in nine grand finals. Oh. Can you name any three of those? Reedy. Yes, Reedy. Norm, Norm Proven. Correct. Billy Smith. No. Oh. Ah. Okay. Eddie Lumsden. Eddie Lumsden. Good. Well done. Ooh. Well done. Uh, and a nine, Ron Coote on nine. Oh, Cooper Cronk. I saw him the other night, Ron. How is Ron? At the Dell Ams. Hey, he looked good. He, one of the great men, Ron yeah. Coop. Uh, Cooper Cronk has also oh, played Cooper. in nine grand finals. Oh, yeah, nine. Nine. Wow. wow. That's incredible That's stat, incredible. isn't it? I mean, he win three. Well, he had, I think, but a couple might have disappeared. <laughs> oh, a couple got taken disappeared. off. Him. Yeah, okay. Four. He so, got four. Yeah. Four. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with four. Which grand final player did Peter Volandis describe this week as charisma on steroids? Yes, Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh. <laughs> I mean, Chris yeah, on steroids. Yeah. So sell, sell, Reese Walsh could sell rugby league to the globe. Uh, okay. <laughs> he could, he's Justin Bieber, he reminds <laughs> him of. I love he it. He is Cristiano Ronaldo-like, isn't he? Yes, yes. absolutely. <laughs> Who designed the Premiership rings this year? Ready? Yes, ready. Elbow. Yes. Who? Prime Minister Anthony I Albanese. Have you blokes read the paper? What are you two been doing? Mate, who could care? Like, why would like, they seriously? get Albanese <laughs> you two have to do anything? Rings. He's a league fan. Yeah. What are you Isn't doing? he busy enough? He's got a lot on his plate, but he had oh. time to come up with the design and sit down, nut it out. Oh he gave it a God. good three hours one evening, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> they all look the same. Even after Him and his family what, just scribbling on a piece of politicians. paper. politicians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> basically just put a diamond here yeah, and yeah, away yeah. we go. Yeah. Who has refereed the most grand finals? Fairy. Frank. I've got a chicken named Fairy. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it took over Frank. Billy Harrigan. <laughs> Bill Harrigan has yeah. with 10. And for our final question... It's my of, girl's chicken. It's not oh, my chicken. <laughs> for our final question of the season, whose name am I spelling backwards? S-R... Don't write it down. A-H... Brady. T... Yes? I was going to say Tom Lee Roy Lars, but that Jesse can't be right. Jesse Arthur oh. is absolutely right. Oh, Put your pen really? down, Ben. Reedy, you continue that to be on fire. Title. You are the winner. Congratulations. <laughs> Panthers, any kind of news coming from the camp this week, Reedy? Uh, not really. No Tony. injuries, pretty, concerns. Uh, it's been straight same down. Old, same old for Penrith. Been here before, four in a row. Uh, then... then know what it takes to win, obviously, grand finals. And not a lot of news out of them, no. We've told their stories a million times, actually. <laughs> I found it hard to get excited going out to Penrith. <laughs> that, that, that's very, very, very true. They are that great team that uh, Ryan Gurla, their system is spectacular. Will it get a hold again tomorrow night? Yeah, there's a really good chance, Tony. But, yeah, I just I just don't know. This has just been one of the hardest grand finals to sort of get my head around in a, in a long time. So um, you know what you're going to get from them. Um, they just do the hard parts of the game better than generally anyone else in, in the competition. Um, what's really impressed me about this whole run that they've been on is their desire to continue to win premierships, you know, and you know, everyone knows what it's like once you get there and it's like the relief, the job's done, okay, and then next year there seems to be, you know, someone that comes along that's kind of ready, that's been waiting their turn, that just wanted that little bit more. But Penrith every year just find a way to want it more then whoever, you know, all, all comers. And, and again, you know, the Broncos coming into this one, you know, do they really believe they're ready to win a title or do they think that they need the experience and it's about next year, but looking at, you know, who they're losing at the back end of the year with Farnworth and with Flegler and the likes, uh, with the Dolphins coming in and raiding the ranks of the, of the Broncos. Um, you know, this might be their window and they need, might need to get it done, but do they really believe that they can go out there against a side that's won you know, two premierships and played in the last four grand finals uh, and get the job done. I don't know, but you just know Penrith are going to be out there. They're going to put their best foot forward and they're not going to beat themselves. It's pretty extraordinary. And all week, obviously, people have been talking about this three-peat, the three in a row. They've been compared with some of the greats. Are they, in fact, the greatest team? We've discussed it on the show uh, uh, before. Uh, this week was all about that Parramatta side of the early 80s that won the three in a row and the, the comparisons which are incredibly favourable. Where are you ranking them, Benny? Oh, they're right up there. I never really thought that I would see a team go three in a row in the climate that we're in at the moment with 
the player movement and salary cap pressures and this this side's just shed so many people from the environment, whether it's coaches and, and players and continued to just keep roaring home. So I, I think this is probably more exceptional what they've done now compared to anything that's been done in the past. Um, but yeah, the reason why I'm tipping the Panthers, I just think, you know, it's um, they know they know how to get this done and, and they've had that big loss um, versus the Storm in 2020. And for them, you know, they're in their routine. I think everyone in their staff and all the players understand what it takes. And I think when I look at both sides, I think if Penrith can get out to a physical start, and I think line speed is going to be the most crucial thing because you can't let Payne, Haas, and Flegler and Carrigan just wind up. You've got to get it up in their face and stop them. And if you can kind of put them out a little bit, put the Broncos under a bit of pressure in the first 20 minutes, the back end, I feel like Penrith should be coming home stronger. And if I look at both sides, both big athletes, both uh, well-coached, but Penrith are just a little bit cleaner. They're just a little bit clean in everything that they do. All the small parts, I think they do just a little bit better. But then again, Brisbane has the most X factor. So I'm intrigued. I can't wait to watch it. They actually did that well to Parramatta last year, didn't they, Penrith? They just took them out of the contest in the opening 20 minutes. And Penrith have just got a... Uh, they've got a history of having issues with Parramatta. I think Parramatta have beaten them more times over the last, you know, four or five years than any other club. Uh, and last year in the decider, there was a lot of people on the edge thinking, well, Parramatta, you know, is there another team that could compete with Penrith the way that Parramatta do? And they found a way to get into the grand final and that game was over in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing system out there, Tom, but I tell you what, Ivan Cleary's done an amazing job. And, you know, I wrote something in my column today about Ivan and where he sits in the pecking order now, and I think if you know he probably he, do, he doesn't get mentioned in the same breath as Craig Bellamy and Trent Robinson, but it, he deserves to. If he wins this grand final, he's won three in a row. Bellamy hasn't done it. Robbo hasn't done it. Wayne hasn't done it. You know, I think he deserves to be in that conversation with those guys. It, prob, probably even if he doesn't win it, but if he does win it, then there's no doubt he should be mentioned alongside Bellamy and for well, me, you alongside listen Bellamy to last and Robbo. We, spoke, we spoke about? about this for a whole break last week, talking about... You know, <laughs> I was busy, mate, sorry. Yeah, yeah Riccio was I normally really in all the time. He loved it. And I did said it's unfair because his son's the best player. That's that's. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did, did say yeah. That. Which I didn't, think was quali- I didn't think that qualified as a, as a comment, to be yeah. honest. Sorry, I think that's, sorry, I take it back. Well, yeah. I don't take it back, but... Yeah. Anything else from last week's show you want to talk yeah. about? Yeah. You know, we've got... Yeah. I'm on fire today, Tony. You are, you are absolutely <laughs> nailing it. I just had the premonition that <laughs> that's how we, we... Anyway, he's very good. Good coach. Yeah, he's a good coach, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely a good coach. No, he's this, done a great job. This is the... Great system, though, out there. Callum Ponga was the Dally M medalist. Um, Brent Reed, were you at the awards ceremony? I was ceremony? there, Tone, yeah. Okay. I was there. Well, what, still what, waiting for my invitation. Chicken or the beef? Oh, I, well, I got was it the, alternative no, drop? No, it was fish and beef. Fish and beef. Well, I had the I didn't fish, go, so but just... someone didn't show up, so I swapped meals. Oh, did you swap? Yeah. Okay, yeah. you didn't have, have both? No, I didn't have both. I smashed their entree, though. What was it? What Sashimi. Was oh, yeah? Oh, it was so good. Oysters, man. So what, what, there was an empty seat next to A couple to you. of empty seats, yeah. And, both, and they kept bringing the moon food both, out for I them. had both their meals, both their entrees. <laughs> I love sashimi. Probably had so good. enough drinks to cover them as well, oh, I'd imagine. drinks, yeah. They shut the bar at 11. What's that about? I don't know. Okay. Ended up going to Neutral Bay with Christian Nicolucci. And the oak we got there and the Oaks was closed. Oh, it was a kidding. disaster. Oh. You have to go to Minsky's. <laughs> That's when you go and you're desperate. Minsky's. <laughs> Two beers of Minsky's and went home. <laughs> it was a good night, though. Chasing the Great night. result. It, well, it was a good was result. A good result. Was good. Yeah. Still, did you get an invite? I didn't get an invite. I got an invite, but yeah, I... I what do you mean <laughs> you got an invite? Well, I got an invite because I'm a judge. Well, they invited oh, of me. Of course, you're but a I couldn't make it. You either. Lots no, of people, that, lots of people make didn't it. show up. No, I couldn't make it. Lots of people. It was a small gathering. It was an intimate was, gathering. Well, I think a few clubs were away and weren't overly represented, so... Why don't they do it after the grand final? Is there a reason they do it? Then everyone is gone. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And it is supposed to be part of the build-up towards the yeah. grand final. Oh, is it? Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think that it's, it's different from the point of view of a player. It can seem something that's kind of standing between you and the grand final rather than being an exciting mm. event. But for yeah. others, uh, what about the result, Caelan Ponga, who, you know, it's interesting because his season was broken up by the, with the head knock staff. He spent some time overseas, uh, so missed some games, but he did come uh, with a hot run at the back end, didn't he? Oh, incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was just the form player of the competition for the last um, 
12 rounds or so or 10 rounds or whatever it was. So, And the way that the, the points, uh, the system was this year with two um, judges on every game, there was six points available and um, I don't think he shared too many of those for that whole run that he, he went on. And, yeah, I thought Sean Johnson was actually going to get it. I thought he had a fantastic year. But when you actually break it down, um, you know, Kalen was just phenomenal for those last 10 or 11 games. So he got the job done in the end. I don't know how. What did he win by? Did he win by much? No one. points. Oh, one point? A yeah. Point okay. to Sean Johnson. Six points in the last round, was it? Six in the last round to win it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, Sean Johnson, I think, was uh, was second. Obviously, yep. Nico Hines was third. And then, I was surprised by uh, yeah, Nico. I was surprised yeah. by third. that as yeah. well, yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. Benny, what did you make of uh, the Dalliams? Yeah, remarkable that um, Kalen to have so much time out of the game to to be even in the picture, but to come through and win it, I think he deserves it. Obviously, it's always hard with those awards, isn't it? There's always one player that you feel gets uh, hard done by, and, and Sean Johnson had a fantastic season as well, but... Um, I think Kalen deserved it because the, the the way he, you know, the Warriors sort of shot up at the start of the year and they sat always around that sort of top four. But but the Knights were in trouble. They were in big trouble talking about sacking their coach. They were down the bottom of the table. And the way he got that team going, they rocketed up the ladder and, um, you know, they were right in the picture and they could have upset a few teams in the final. So I think he deserves it. I think he had such an impact on that side and, and the competition. And if you think about Newcastle, they made their second week of the finals and there was really no one else in contention for any of the individual awards where, you know, the Warriors, they had Sean Johnson, he got the halfback, Adam Fanua Blake. There was yeah. talk about Wade Egan getting Egan, some, yeah. you know, a fair few points Dallin as well. Got a lot of points. Dallin got, he was the winger. You say, yeah. then you've also got yeah. the Chans, got some points at fullback. So he just had to share them around. So Kalen was just, yeah. you know, he was yeah. the overriding dominant yeah. player in that football team, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, if doubt. Kalen doesn't come back, that, that, that club's in a real different space this off-season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on there. And it was a great story. And because we're all concerned when he came back, every tackle, everything that was sent, anywhere above the shoulder, what is he going to, you know, the concussion thing. And his mum, in fact, who was with him yeah. uh, at the awards, said that she couldn't, she can't watch, basically. Yeah. Him well, they sat down yeah. with him yeah. before oh, really? he went, yeah. Tony. Oh. He was, his mother and father sat with him in the kitchen kitchen of his uh, home in Newcastle and said, what are you going to do with our football? Yeah. So before he left for Canada. So it was a pretty confronting conversation. So, so to then turn around and win yeah. the Dalian. Incredible. It's a great remarkable. story for all of us who, yeah. who love the game. Believe it or not. All right, gentlemen, as you know, I'm going to throw some propositions at you. You tell me whether you believe them or not and why. This is a special one. We've decided to go for the 2024 Crystal Ball Edition. So uh, you're going to believe it or not, something that's going to happen in the future. Mm. Believe it or not, New South Wales will start as favourites for Origin 1. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know who the coach is yet. Uh, Believe it or not. Ryan Girdler? Yeah, they... Uh, it's not origin if New South Wales don't start favourites, regardless of who they pick and who's the coach. So, of course, I believe it. You believe it? No, I believe it. It's ridiculous, but I believe it. I mean, the, you know, the punters down here are lost the plot. Where's the first game favorites? next year, Tony? Uh, good question. No, is it Adelaide? No, it was no. Adelaide. Perth? Perth, maybe, I think Perth. somewhere. Perth or Melbourne, maybe. It okay. yeah. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Queensland should be favourites. Should no, well, be favourites. Queensland clearly should be favourites. Yes. But you still believe it would be New South Wales, Ben T. Surely you don't no, believe that. No, 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 no. Queensland favourites, Billy staying on, team stays together. It's all good. All right. Believe it or not, finishing in the top eight is a realistic goal for the Bulldogs. 2024 edition, Ben Teo? I believe it. I think it is. Uh, I think with some of the um, the signings that they've made over the last few years, they've had some injuries, but obviously with Crichton coming on board as well, I, I don't think that there's an excuse to not make the eight. I think that's a realistic target for the Bulldogs. Yeah, I don't believe it. I know they've signed Crichton. They've signed ja- Jared, Jamin Salmon, sorry, uh, Blake Taff. But they only won seven games this year. You had to win 13 to make the finals. That means they've basically got to double their win total next year to make the finals. There was no South Sydney in the eight this year, no Cowboys, no Parramatta, yeah. no Manly in the eight. So you've got to jump all those teams and make the eight. I, I, I think it's unrealistic. I think you're another year away, another 12 months away. I know that Stephen Crichton said that he, the captaincy is something that mm. he would like to take on board. Mm. I mean, that may well be a good news for Bulldogs fans. He's down a hell of a side. He's going to be a great signing yeah. for them. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see how he goes every week at fullback. 
Do you think that's where he'll end up, Gertz? Well, I think that's why they signed him. Yeah, but do you think that's... Well, I, I mean, I've happen? seen him. I haven't probably seen enough of him play there at Penrith when, because Dylan Edwards just plays every week. But every time I've seen him go in there, um, he's done a really good job. And he's just a guy that likes to get his hands on the football. He's got a, he's really well conditioned. Um, he's a big, strong guy. He's great under the high ball. He's got all the attributes defensively. He's I don't know, such communication a good wise. Center, isn't he? But um, yeah, I think he'll make a decent fist to that. But okay. I, I'm with Reedy on that. No, I don't believe. I think it'll be their their goal. But I don't think they'll make the eight next year. No. Believe it or not, the Broncos and Panthers will play in the 2024 NRL Grand Final. Ah, back to back Grand mm. Finals. Mm. No, I don't believe it. Son. Law of averages can't happen. It's very you know, well, law of averages it's highly unlikely. Penrith weren't going to win three in a row That's either. True. Or playing. Well, at four, some right? point they got to fall off their perch, don't they? At some point, at it's got to happen. <laughs> well, uh, well Luke, Lewis, this year. Luke Lewis said he could in the next six or three, another four that Penrith could win in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I will, watched a video on their website yesterday. It was called Hunting History. Mm-hmm. They put it out about three weeks ago. And in the video, they had some um, commentators saying they come, or media identity saying they can't make the finals uh, this win the grand final this year. And I was in there. That's what I those... said it. I can't remember saying it. I must have said on 360 earlier in the year. That they can't make the grand final. Yeah. Wow. Me and Joey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, Paul, and Paul Gallen. Okay, but right here and now, you're writing them off for next, for next year. year. So they yeah. can use that next year yeah. when they make the grand final. <laughs> Absolutely. Ben Tia, believe you know, it or not, I, the Broncos I, and Panthers will play in that grand final. I, I believe it. I think they're, they're both losing maybe two or three top-line players each, but they've got enough guys to fulfil them to fill in, and, and I think they've got the best junior systems as well, both teams. So I could see these two teams coming back again next year. And, and looking at some of the other teams that made up the top six, I'm, I'm not sure any of them can go with these two teams. Yeah, I think this might be the start of something between those two clubs. We've always seen in the, you know, the Roosters and the Storm and that go through those little periods of three yeah. or four years where they're really combative. I think it might be a, the start of um, just a, a little bit of a run for these two clubs. So I believe it. Believe it or not, Brad Arthur and Jason Demetrio must lead their sides to finals footy in 2024 or face the sack, Ben Teo. No. No, I don't believe it. No, I think um, I think they'll be given a bit more time. I think it'd be, be too early to pull the trigger there. You know, Brad, Brad Arthur took him to the grand final last year. I know he missed the eight. He, they might have two down years before he gets them back up again. And I think Jason Demetrio is just starting out on his journey. I don't think it would be the right time to pull the trigger on those two uh, coaches. Ryan? Just thinking about the final series, and I know we've ended up, you know, with a, with a what seems to be a classic grand final, but it lacked a fair bit, didn't it, the final series this year? And when now when you think about it, so there was think about the quality of players that, that we missed out on with Parramatta, Cowboys, and South not making it. So I'm going to say, yeah, pressure's on those guys. Um, they need to make the finals next year. All right. Yeah, I believe it. They're under the pump big time next year. Okay. Uh, Just on, I was going to go, I'm running out of time here, though. Uh, Believe it or not, the Tigers won't finish with the wooden spoon. I just want to, you know. I believe that. Go Benji. I'm all Team Benji, baby. You're on Team Benji. Yeah, I love Benji. Believe it or not. No, they'll get another spoon for mine. (laughs) Oh. Oh. What a wowzer. <laughs> An absolute wowzer. Uh, there is your Believe It or Not for this year. It is the Saturday Scrum. Well, what a thrill to welcome to the show ahead of uh, tomorrow's NRLW Grand Final uh, from the Titans. She was named the, uh, the player of the, for the Titans this year and I think uh, last year as well. And the Daily M Prop of the Year. Uh, Shannon Mato, hello and welcome. Hi guys, and thank you for having me. Are you have you packed the sunscreen uh, for the the grand final tomorrow? No, <laughs> but I'm sure there will be some there. They probably were. Hot day, obviously predicted, but it's been an amazing story for the Titans coming from uh, Wooden Spooners last season. There was plenty of changes in personnel around all the clubs, but to then go through into a grand final, you must be pinching yourself. Yeah, look, I'm very excited this week. I've been so excited this whole week. I haven't really been sleeping as good as I usually do, but last night I got like a 13-hour sleep in, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> hey, Shannon Brent Reed, 13 hours. I wish I could get 13 yeah. hours in. Um, I think you guys have won five or six in a row. Is that right? What what changed? When, when did your season change? change? And is there a, a, something that happened that you think made that happen? Um, 
I think that just comes along with um, building our culture and just getting to know our players and what works well with the combinations of different players. Obviously, we had a, um, a few players in and out due to injury, um, and we just took it, I guess, week by week. Um, and along with that, we had a couple of losses in there, um, and we knew that our defence was good and it could be better. Um but I think I've got to give credit back to the coaches for the video review that we go over and what we're good at and what we should stick at and then what our work-ons are and just um, keep knuckling down on those. And whatever works well for us, just keep at it and execute things a lot better. Shannon, Ben Tio here. You, you've, you've played in a grand final. You've won a grand final. It's your third season now at the Titans. Have you found uh, that feeling of wanting to give a lot of advice to some of the younger players about uh, obviously the week, the build-up and what the day is going to entail? Yeah, we had an insight of um, um, Boothie telling us a story of um, Dale, uh, Dale Finucane's, um story. He just said, um, you know, the grand final week is so different. Um, he had a lot of people, you know, excited for him and um, he said that he did a... He, he said that he's so professional and he's... Um, does his like daily routines and everything that he does leading up. And then the grand final week he had family to see too. And obviously a lot of media and interviews and all that stuff. And um, that shook him off a bit. And um, I think the advice for the other girls is just um, doing what you do best and sticking to, I guess, your routine and um, don't be afraid to like just stick at it. I know it's really exciting, but it's the one that counts. And um, that's where you've got to be on your A game and, I guess have a little bit of fun, but you can have fun after the, you know, the game. Um, there's plenty of fun to have after, but this is a crucial week where you see to yourself and um, prepare the best that you can and do your job. So, yeah. So Dale, no, he's played in about 20 grand finals. But Shannon, Ryan Girdler here. Um, yeah, congrats on the season so far. You're coming up against some pretty uh, red-hot opposition um, in the Newcastle Knights, the reigning premiers. How do you go about stopping those guys? Um... To be honest, I just have my own goals. Um, obviously, my main one is to lead um, the pack. Um, I guess I'm a leader in the game this time, uh, like this around this time of my career. And um, yeah, I don't want to leave the field knowing that I've just led my pack. So I think it's just going back to, you know, what I do best and just um, checking on my mates, seeing how they are, and just staying connected and united. Yeah, that's right. Let somebody else worry about Jesse Southwall and <laughs> Tamika Upton, who are sensational. But you talked earlier about the coaches. Uh, Karen Murphy, uh, an absolute legend in the women's game, played obviously for Australia, I think it was 27 tests or something like that, World Cup winner. She's come in and she's taken this team to a grand final, the first female coach, coach to do that. It, it must be terrific to be able to uh, learn from somebody like that. Yeah, um, definitely honoured to be coached by Karen Murphy. She's a pioneer of the game and um, obviously, she didn't have a good start last year, and that was pretty sad to see. So the culture that we have within our group, uh, we just want to give that back to her. She's so selfless and everything that she does, and um, I'm glad that she's had a bit of preparation this year into, you know, leading her team to the grand final. And um, it'll just be awesome to bring the trophy back home to the community. I think we owe that to the Gold Coast community, you know, always supporting throughout all sports. And, um, yeah, just to back Murph and to giving that to her, um, would be uh, a cherry on top of her, I guess, that career and coaching career. So, yeah. Well, uh, it's been a terrific season for you so far, you personally and the Titans. All the best in the heat of the grand final tomorrow. Good luck. Thank you, and go for the Titans only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the Saturday Scrum. Reedy, you have been on fire today. Uh, keep up the good work as we go and look at... <laughs> The uh, oh, thanks, final, oh, final yeah. tips. I mean, some of the stuff he he's come up with. Best for the grand final. Oh, amazing. Doesn't he? Yeah, honestly. Grand How good was he in the quiz? <laughs> just incredible. It's incredible, I mean, mate. There was several Drove jokes. every that, interview. There were several jokes that worked on, like, levels, like a car park. Yeah. yeah. Like, feel like no, pastry. I think I might have to listen to it again. Yeah, you've got to save your best for last. It's grand final week. Boy, you know how it is. Absolutely. On fire. All right. All we have to do now, before we say goodbye, is pick a winner. I want the winner. I want the margin. The first try scorer, the Clive Churchill medalist, Benny Teo. Where you go? Oh, okay. I'm going to follow my heart here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Penrith Panthers. I think they're going to win. Yep. I'm going to go with. Uh, so that's your Mitch. heart. Yeah. What's Penrith's doing? Penrith's heart or head? No. 
I, I doubted them last year. I picked the the Eels last year and it backfired on me, so okay. I'm going to go with them. All right. I think it's going to be a close one. I'm going to say 20 to 8. Yep. Um, Clive Churchill, medalist, Nathan Cleary. Okay. All right. Uh, you want to continue your magnificent role, Reedy? Yeah. What? Look, I'm get, I'm, I can't remember what I said in the paper, okay. but I'm going to go with Brisbane because I think I said Brisbane in the paper. Yep. Brisbane by four. I got Selwyn Cobbo first try scorer and my man of the match. Got it. Reese Walsh for me. Got to okay. be. They yep. win. He plays well. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, Tony, I'm going to go with my head, not my heart. Okay. I think, uh, I think the Broncos, I've been trying to convince myself all week that Penrith can get it done and I just think – um, I just think the Broncos for mine, if both of these sides come out and play their best, I just don't see Penrith being able to stop them. Um, so I'm going to go the Broncos by eight. Um, first try is going to be Ezra Mam. Okay. And uh, Clive Churchill, um, Paddy Carrigan. Paddy Carrigan, mm, I love good. the sound of that. All right, sadly, gentlemen, that takes us to the uh, to the end. Thank you yeah. so much for your support. All year. thanks to the great people of King Are we getting work, yours? Work. No, 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 no. I'm just here mm. to uh, drive the bus. You hang your ass out the window, okay? <laughs> you do that stuff. No yeah, one wants to see that, Tony. You're <laughs> <laughs> talking about Mad Monday, right? That's what you said in the first hour. All right. <laughs> We're talking about Mad Monday. Yeah. Uh, so, look, if you're a fan of either the Broncos or the Panthers, you lucky, lucky few, enjoy yeah. a great grand final. The rest of us, uh, we will. Can we thank yeah, Tony and, and Keegan for the year yeah, as well, boys? Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, it's been a mess at times, to be honest, but you know, we <laughs> always find our way, don't we, lads? We always get there in the end. Yeah, so massive. they're a resilient bunch. Indeed, they are. Thank you so much to all of you, and it's great to spend uh, another football season with you, the listeners. See you next time. Bye for now. Triple M Footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water.